0: Welcome to the Not Just a Pony Ride podcast, presented to you by Hatcher University. If you've landed here, you're probably passionate about how horses help people. Whether you're an instructor, therapist, in the business, or have experienced equine assisted services yourself, we're glad you're here. Join us as we talk about the benefits, the science, to-dos, how-tos, and all of the reasons why what we do is so much more than just a pony ride. And now from the Hetrick campus in Gretna, Nebraska. Here's your host, occupational therapist Katie King. Hey everyone. I am so excited to share these next two episodes with you. Kathy Alm, the CEO of Path International, penciled me into her schedule today, and boy, did I learn a lot. For those of you that don't know, Path International is a membership organization who does a lot for our profession. They rigorously develop standards and do credentialing and develop a lot of education for us too. Their link is in the show notes below, so check that out. But today, I asked Kathy a lot about her personal development and professional development everything in between. Um, Her journey to where she is today is incredibly interesting and really full of good advice. So it was so good, in fact, that we had to split her episode into two parts. So please come back next week for more from Kathy and PATH International as well. Enjoy. Hello, Kathy. Welcome. Thank you, Katie. It's good to be here. We have Kathy Alm. She is the CEO of PATH, and that's the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship International. Kathy, why don't you tell us a little bit about who PATH is and kind of what your job is with PATH? So
1: I am the CEO of uh, PATH International. And uh, PATH International, as you said, the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship International, is uh, an international association. We um, uh, accredit centers. We credential, certify uh, professionals. Uh, doing equine assisted services, providing equine assisted services. And um, we also provide training and education. And, and and I think one of the most important things is we set standards, we, ha- we have set standards. When you ask almost any PATH International credential professional or center or a member, what is the, one of the most important things about PATH International for them, they will say it's our standards. And we have a very rigorous process that the standards go through before they become a standard. And our centers and our uh, credential professionals commit to meeting these standards in order to ensure both safety and uh, optimal outcomes uh, for any type of equine assisted services that are being provided.
0: Petra has been a premier accredited center with PATH for a number of years now, and we really appreciate the guidance that PATH International provides for us as far as safety standards and, you know, how things should be done, could be done. It gives us a good place to start just for the safety of our participants and our horses too.
1: Yeah, yes, and and it, it's a very important part of being uh, professional and providing the best service you, you possibly can provide um, the, the other piece to path international is uh, we're a membership organization which means that we work really hard to be a leader in this industry and that we work um, we work on a lot of initiatives that benefit the industry as a whole so along with the the standards and the, the credentialing, um, it, it's on us to raise awareness for equine Assisted Services and to have the public understand, well, what is this thing that, um, that is down the street? I see kids on horseback, what's going on? Um, and, but that we raise the awareness that it's not pony rides, that, that this is a, a professional service and here, here are the benefits. And that we also um, run uh, and lead initiatives that benefit the entire industry, uh, one of those being most recently leading an initiative for optimal terminology. Um, You know, we, you and I uh, offline talked a little bit about how important terminology is. And um, we just recognized that unclear terminology was essentially hurting everybody. It meant that even though there's been some research done, on the efficacy of the different types of services you couldn't look at the body of research and say oh wow here here's six research uh projects that prove that um therapy incorporating horses has this impact because um people used the same term and meant different things or they used different terms to mean the same things and the the so there was no way to look at a whole body of research and funders were very confused. Um, the, you know, the VA right now, for example, funds therapy incorporating horses through their adaptive sports program. So the, the, and the public, you know, the public doesn't necessarily know what type of service they're getting because of unclear terminology. So long story short, um, Path International led a two year initiative consensus building initiative Uh, pulling in representatives from organizations all all across the country, as well as individuals representing different types of areas. And uh, this culminated in a published uh, consensus document where we have uh, the majority of organizations and individuals signing off on, okay, this is the terminology to use. So I just use that as an example of the other part to PATH International, which is initiatives and making a difference for the industry as a whole
0: it is so important how you know search terms you know and that's through research is one thing but that's anything you know people might go to google and try to find find us or find you know another center and if our lingo is not all matching well then how do you know what you're getting or how do you know even know what to search and so having us all on the same page is super super important
1: it's very important. And, and part of that uh, optimal terminology paper were um, terms to quit using. One of the favorite terms of media is equine therapy. That doesn't exist. That There is no such thing as equine therapy unless maybe you're talking about massage for horses or something like that, right? Right.
0: When I started as an occupational therapist, I made a jump from clinical therapy to working with HETRA. And I tried to explain it to people and they're like, So do you do therapy with the horses or therapy with people? (laughs) And it's, it opens a whole nother conversation.
1: Absolutely right. Absolutely
0: right. Tell us a little bit about you specifically as the CEO, what do your job duties entail? How do you, how do you man the ship for Path International?
1: Um, Well, um, my job duties kind of run the gamut. You know, it, it is, it is my job to, um, do everything from support the board. Uh, PATH International has a great, uh, very hardworking board of directors. They're a governing board. And so I support the board in the in the work that they do as they set the vision and the direction for PATH International. And then it's my job to operationalize their vision and, and their direction and work with the staff to uh, execute on the strategic plan. And that strategic plan guides... Guides everything that we do. And it's my, I believe it's my job to make sure that the staff have the resources and the training and the support they need in order to be able to execute their job. So that's sort of the operationally what, what my job is. My job is also uh, outward facing. So uh, it's important for me to, to, uh, I get invited and asked to do a lot of presentations, um, do a a lot of talks about uh, equine assisted services. So it's my job to to be out there uh, spreading the word and educating people on uh, what equine assisted services are. Um, And uh, last but definitely not least, because it's probably one of the favorite parts of my job is um, being out with members interacting with members, finding out what do you need, what's working, what's not, what can PATH International do in order to better support you in, uh, providing, in you providing your services. Same thing for the credentialed professionals. Um, what, what's working, what's not, what can PATH International do uh, a, as we develop these, um, these credentials in order to make sure everybody is providing the best service possible. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the questions that you sent me ahead of time potentially was, um, uh, let's see, how, how did you put it? What's the favorite and hardest part of my job? And I, 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 I had to really think about that. And I realized that the answer is the same for both. The, my favorite part of the job is the people. And the hardest part of the job is the people. Now, that my answer would have been different pre-pandemic because my favorite part of the job is the people, because I love, I love our members. I love our board of directors. I love our staff. I love interacting with people. I, I, I love listening and, and hearing what, what it is they need and then figuring out if we can, uh, if we can provide it and, and how do we just make the entire industry better. And I get fed by that. So I, would, I traveled to a lot of regional conferences, did a lot of presentations. I, went to a, I got invited to a lot of national conferences, all of that sort of thing. And I was fed by that. Well, pandemic, no traveling, no gathering. And so I'm still doing all of that, those interactions, but now it's over Zoom. And so I am spending probably five to six hours every single day in Zoom meetings, doing presentations on Zoom calls, and it is just draining. And and the part that makes people my favorite, which is they're all diverse, they have different opinions, they've they've got different needs and and different wants, gets really hard when you're trying to manage that over Zoom and it's constant. Um, I I said the other day, there are too many ways to communicate with me. I because they go off at the same time. You know, there's Zoom calls, there's emails, there's Messenger over Facebook, which by the way, anybody listening, I really don't like messages over Messenger because it's hard for me to track them. Yes, uh, I <laughs> yeah. um there's text messages, there's team messages. And you know, I want to respond to everybody and respond quickly and, and try to help everybody, and it just gets to be too much. So it, 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 that, that'll shift back once we can um, gather again. Uh, but I just thought it was kind of interesting that my answer is the same to both right now.
0: I would agree. Our CEO at Hetra is, I mean, she must get 4 million emails a day. I don't know. You know and, it's, and she has commented the same that it's, it's hard to manage everybody when you can't just Meet in person and, you know, get what you need to get done and that type of thing. And I think too, there's something to be said about um, managing people from email, you know, or from behind a computer where I'm a very much a people person as well. I love to be in person and um, really, I really feed off of that body language. And even I'm, I talked on our last podcast about my bubble and my bubble is very small. So I'm, I'm a toucher and a hugger too. So that's been hard for me, but, um, just interacting with people non-verbally and being around them, um, I think is a huge part of communication and that gets lost in this virtual age that we're in right now, for sure. Absolutely. This episode is sponsored by Equiforce. Equiforce is a database that allows you to track every facet of your organization, from horse, donor, and volunteer management, to scheduling, grant tracking, incident reports, and tracking participant progress, too. This is not a one-size-fits-all setup. Instead, Equiforce personally works with you to learn how your facility functions and takes note of your specific terminology so that they can create a unique system to match the needs of your organization. And of course, Equiforce provides an ongoing training and support so that your database can grow with you. Visit them at www.equiforce.com. That's E-Q-U-I-F-O-R-C-E.com. How did you um, end up with Path International in the position that you're in? I um, My route to uh, Path International
1: and to this industry is... Uh, uh, a little bit different than most people although there's more following my particular path um, no pun intended the uh, my background is in nonprofit management and I started in live theater management so I spent the first 15 years of my working life or, or my after school after college working life and um, uh, Working in in live theater in administration, and um, I'm going to back up one little uh, step uh, to say that I'm a suburb kid. I um, did not grow up around horses. Um, my my father was a, a pastor and a marriage and family counselor, and however. Um, my, when my mom was cleaning out the basement and getting rid of everything, she said, here, take all your drawings from when you were five years old. And I said, okay, fine. And Every single drawing had a horse in it. Not a very good one, but it had a horse in it. I, and I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? So anyway, fast forward 15 years in life theater. And the next step in my career, the next natural step would have been to become a managing director. And I realized that I didn't have the kind of passion it took to be a managing director. I'd learned all these skills. I knew how to run a nonprofit. I knew how to fundraise. I think theater is important, but I didn't have the passion to turn to you, for example, and say, you need to put your money here because this is the best place for it in fundraising, right? So I embarked on a little bit of a journey saying, well, so what do I feel passionate about? And I knew it had something to do with animals and people together. And um, me getting into this uh, industry was uh, a a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work. And the hard work was learning how to run a nonprofit as well as uh, exploring options. Where could I work that had animals and people together kind of thing. And the luck was seeing an ad for the executive director position at Little Bit Therapeutic Writing Center in now in Redmond, Washington. I didn't even know it existed. It had already been around by, I think, almost 20 years by then. And it was in my backyard. And I, um, so I, I went to interview. I remember walking into the barn and taking a deep breath and smelling the horses and the manure and the hay and thinking, oh, my gosh, this is home. I have come home. And so then I just had to convince them which wasn't easy to be honest. They offered to somebody else first because they were used to someone with a horse background being the executive director. And here I, hadn't, I had nothing, um, but I convinced them. I said, look, you want me running the organization. You do not want me in the barn, figuring out what to feed the horses. Not not, a, not a, you have someone to do that. Um, and so then I was at a little bit therapeutic writing center for 15 years during that time, I volunteered for NARA, now PATH International, um, was a region rep. I was on the board of directors. Um, did uh, I was on the administrative committee. I did all sorts of volunteering um, and really got to know uh, PATH International. Loved a little bit. Loved working there. Loved the community. Loved the people. Loved the horses. Loved the staff. Um, I did a, a whole capital campaign, moved moved uh, send to an 11 million new $11 million uh, facility. You know, I didn't think I'd ever leave. I'll be perfectly honest. I thought I was there forever. And then I volunteered to lead the strategic planning process for Path International. And right after I did that, the CEO uh, retired and I got a call um, from a then board member saying uh, had you thought about applying? And I said, mm, No, I love where I am. And uh, hmm, I don't. He said, Well, just think about it. And I did. And the reality is, having done led the strategic planning process, I was really excited about where Path International was headed. And I thought I could be, a, I could be a part of that. I could be a part of this direction. And so I applied and, uh, and, and was hired. And, and luckily, um, I, I have a partner who he, he was willing and able to uh, move to Colorado uh, with me, uh, even though he still commutes back to Seattle every other week for work, even during the pandemic. Um, and he's been doing that for six years. Uh, so, But I, I, I'm not sure I would have been brave enough to do it without his support. So, um, so then I moved here six years ago and, and took the job and
0: I, it's everything I could possibly hope. I just love, I love this work. Goosebumps all over the place. Like the, um, you talking about how you, you walk into the barn and you take a deep breath and it smells like home. That's like, that's it. (laughs) That's it for so many of us. And, even, you know, for people that aren't, didn't grow up with horses, we have a lot of people on our staff, administrative um, and otherwise. We have people that are PATH certified instructors now that didn't grow up with a single horse or was ever around them until, you know, they came to us. And it really is something that, that is in, in it's in your soul. It just gets down deep in there and, and you can't deny it.
1: I, I, I completely agree. It It's, um, th- there's nothing like it. There's nothing like that feeling of I've I- I found my home. And, and I will say that I, I was, um, someone with my background was unusual coming into this industry back then. Um, but more and more centers are recognizing that an executive director, it's uh, honestly more important that they have nonprofit leadership experience than that they have course experience um, as long as you don't need them to also be teaching lessons or, or, you know, taking care of the horses. And I learned a lot. I mean, that, that was the added benefit for me is I immediately started taking riding lessons in an inclusive class a little bit. I, you know, I spent Thanksgiving's mucking stalls so the uh, staff could have that day off. You know, I, I, learned, I learned as much as I possibly could. Um, and, and I love that as
0: well. And that's what's so wonderful about our profession in general is that if you think you know everything there is to know, then it might not be the job for you. <laughs> so
1: you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right.
0: Curious, when you you know started making this big transition, you know, into being with Path International and, and doing those things what types of personal or, you know, professional development things have you done? I know at Hatcher, we've been talking a lot lately about, about just personal development and finding, you know, what's your personal mission statement or, you know, where do you as a person um, find time to develop yourself so that you can develop your organization? Is there anything specifically that you had found helpful or that you did to help
1: I would say there, there are two things. Um, uh, one is that I, um, I went into counseling. I, took, I, I did therapy for many years. Um, and, and, and yes, that's a very personal thing. And that is really about my personal uh, development. But it is absolutely the best thing I could have ever done. I really felt um, that that helped me come into my own and help me uh, gain the confidence to, to be a leader. Um, uh, so I, I, I would do it all, all over again. Um, I, I sometimes joke with uh, my partner, Bill, um, that, that I paid thousands of dollars for him. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I honestly believe that that therapy got me to a point where I could have a, this amazing, really great relationship with somebody else. So that, that, personally, that's the one, one thing I did. Professionally, the professional development for me was all about creating circles of colleagues. I, I, the administrators committee from Path International was incredibly valuable, both for support as well as my own growth. As well as, uh, you know, if I had a problem, I had a group to go to, and we would give feedback to each other and um, and help each other. And by that time, by I mean, I I relied on this so much. Back back in uh, in Washington, I um, was part of a professional development group, and it was five uh, five women, and um, two of us were executive directors, and three were organizational development. People. Um, they were individual consultants. They typically were interim executive directors at nonprofit, various nonprofits, or they went in and did strategic planning processes. Um, the other executive director was with the Humane Society, so it was out, it was nonprofit, but it was outside of the industry realm because there's a lot of crossover, of course, in what you need to learn and what you need to do. So I credit um, having those different groups. By the time I moved here to Colorado. Um, I think I was a part of, let's see, I was a part of three different local groups back in Seattle uh, of nonprofit leaders with different, like, you know, one was the professional development group. Another one was a a group of um, disability organization leaders. You know, another one was a group of human service organization leaders. And we didn't meet all the time. I mean, that would be crazy making. Um, but you know, one group I met quarterly another group, it was monthly that, that sort of thing. And, um, it is, it is truly, I believe what made me the leader I am today was having that support and having, uh, colleagues to bounce things off of. And, um, it's what, and I'm, you know, I, I know this is a podcast and it's not a, an advertisement, but I, I will say it's why Path International, we created Innovation Circles that we just launched this uh, for at the first of this year. And it's based on this idea of giving education and content, but also providing a space for people to create those kinds of groups for ongoing support.
0: I love that. And I, of course, I'm a people person, you know that. So I am like... Yes, tell me more. I'm all jazzed up about this, you know, (laughs) these groups and bouncing ideas around. And I think it's important that we meet. Like at Hetra, we meet every week. We have a all staff meeting, and it's it's it is long. They are long meetings sometimes, but it is so good just to bounce everything off each other and learn and grow. Um, But then there's also to be said about like what you had done, which is. Growing with other professionals that aren't within your, um, you know, your realm, so to speak of like, you know, therapeutic horsemanship or, you know, anything like that, that it's something different. And I think that's really amazing too. How did you find, um, groups like that? Did you just stumble upon them?
1: Um, Let's see, one of the, the first one, the professional development group, I um, was just very lucky because one of the organizational consultants had been the interim executive director at Littlebit before I was hired, right before I was hired. And so she told me afterwards that she'd been thinking about starting this group, was I interested? And I I felt very blessed because here I was a brand new executive director. Everybody else in the group was way more experienced than I was. Um, but she saw something in me and uh, invited me to join. Um, the, uh, the, uh, another one, um, I kind of started to put the call out to human service providers on the east side of, uh, of, of Seattle, um, trying to find a, a good fit of um, executive directors that wanted to meet. So some of it's been creating and some of it's been inviting. Um, the administrators <laughs> committee... Um, Dana Butler-Moberg, who runs the Shea Center. So uh, creating a group to a great extent was Dana's idea. And when I first met Dana, which I think was at my second national conference, uh, NARA conference, um, when I first met Dana, I was like, okay, she is one of my people. I need to connect with her because on, I her. <laughs> Yes. I need I, I I I want I want to be a part of a group with her. And so I joke now with Dana um that I, I feel like that at that time I just kind of followed her around like a little puppy dog at that <laughs> conference. Like Pay I'm here. I'm here. Can I help you? Can I help you with something? <laughs> and um, and Dana says, of course, she doesn't remember it like that at all. But that's how, that's sort of how it felt. But from there was born this idea of, of putting a group of therapeutic writing executive uh, direct, center executive directors together to be able to um, brainstorm and help each other.
0: Sometimes you just meet people in life that their personality or their their vibe is just electric you know and you just feel your body your your soul just craves that and uh creating things and sharing brains with someone that's like that is is truly invaluable i agree this podcast is presented by hetra university an educational arm of the heartland equine therapeutic writing academy Hetra University's mission is to provide high-quality educational offerings to our participants and the equine-assisted services community. Craving more content like this? We invite you to check out our series of webinars and much, much more over at hetrauniversity.org. If you'd like to help us work toward our mission, you can make a donation by clicking on the link in the show notes below or visit us at hetra.org. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Again, my biggest thanks to you all for helping Hetra change lives one stride at a time.